It's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. This morning we're going to be talking about Samson. And we just went through a series in men's group called Fight by Craig Rochelle. And I went through and I really studied it and broke it down some. And I kind of put it to where it was more geared towards everybody and not just the men. So I'm going to paraphrase the story this morning and then we're going to get into it. So in the book of Judges in chapter 13, we're introduced to this man named Samson. Um, He is a warrior. He was blessed with this miraculous gift of strength. He was a Nazarite from birth and set apart for God for the sole purpose to deliver the Israelite, Israel, out of the hands of the Philistines. And if you've read any of the Old Testament, the the children of Israel is kind of the whole theme. And he took these Nazarite vows, okay, to abstain from wine or intoxicating drink, that no razor shall come upon his head. He can't cut his hair. He can't touch anything dead. He can't touch a dead body, or that makes him unclean. Then he breaks his vow. Then he has to restart. Doesn't matter if he did 15 years and touched a dead body. He's got to recommit the whole thing. So he ended up marrying a woman from the enemy camp, and he violated every vow he made. And he was eventually seduced by Delilah and captured. And his eyes were gouged out so that he became blind And sometimes God allows us to be blinded so we can clearly see. And I think about the Apostle Paul, we talked about it in men's group this morning, that although he had a cause that he thought he was rightly fighting for, he didn't see the true light of his calling and what God put into his heart until he was blind. And sometimes we have to be blind so we can see. I know there was a time in my life where I had to be blind before I could see the light. And, And in the end, Samson's life, he finally fulfilled his destiny. And we're going to really get into his life in the next few sermons. But today, in the, in the same way that God made Samson a warrior, a fighter, he also made us a warrior. So that's what I want to talk about today, is, is us being having a warrior's heart. We go through life, and we go from one heartache to one heartache, uh, bad situation in your family, one sickness, one diagnosis, and we go through this these times in our life where we're constantly getting beat down. And I think we forget, as men and women and Christians of the Almighty God, that we have this warrior spirit spirit that is in us. And we just kind of just let things be what they are. We just kind of let things always fall by the wayside and say, oh, I guess this is just how life is going to be. I'm always going to be sick. There's always going to be cancer. And we just kind of exist and get complacent. And we quit fighting. Because everything, just one hit after another hit after another hit. But I want you to know that this morning, there's a warrior inside of you. That from, from birth, from before we were created, when God created the heavens and the earth, he looked down and he said to my brothers and to my sisters and to Tim, I'm going to put a spirit of a warrior in your heart. So that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we don't have to keep going. And no matter what we're going through, we can fight. We don't have to stop and quit. And that's where I think we fail as a society, as a a nation of people, and even in the world, is we just quit. When the going gets tough, instead of the tough get going, we just sit down and on our blessed assurance and say, well, I guess I'm done. I'm done. And we just take it for what it is. But that's not how God created us to be. God created you with the heart of a warrior. 
God himself is called a warrior. And somewhere deep inside of all of us, we all have this warrior's heart. And there's this time where we will have to stand up and protect our own. And even times where we'll have to draw a line in the sand and say, you can't cross that line. And if you do, I'm going to do whatever it takes to stop you from getting to whatever you're trying to get to. Between you and whatever it is you're trying to get. And sadly, so sad, we often don't channel this warrior for the good until we have lived a certain amount of our life, what I call sowing your wild oats. And I thank God for praying men and women that pray for people who are lost like me because if it hadn't been for the praying people in my life, I wouldn't be here right now. Amen. There are a lot of people, namely Christians, who say a Christian shouldn't be a warrior and that a Christian man should be, shouldn't be a warrior. I mean, look at Jesus. He was this meek and mild man who walked around with sheep on his shoulders and he didn't ever do anything. He loved everybody. And yes, Jesus was full of love. Yes, Jesus was full of grace. Yes, Jesus was full of mercy. But he was also the greatest warrior who ever lived. And reflecting on the very nature of his father in Exodus 15:3, it says, The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. And there were times when Jesus stood as the warrior, as the only warrior. And think about the ultimate battle of all time that Jesus stood for, alone, by himself. When he became sin for us, when he knew no sin, when he defeated death, hell, and the grave, he took that which Satan tried to take and said, no more, you are defeated. So there's two principles this morning I want to talk about for being a warrior. Every, every warrior has a cause to fight for. Amen? Every warrior has a cause to fight for. Nehemiah 4.14 says, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Fight for your families. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters and your wives and your homes. This, Christian church, is what our cause is to fight for our families. If we don't fight for our families, nobody's going to fight for our families. This is why we're warriors, because we have to fight for them. The family's being attacked from every which way. The, the nation is trying to redefine marriage. The nation is trying to say that anything you think is okay is okay because your truth is your truth. And that goes totally against what God says. Our sons and our daughters are being trained in school and television that God is a myth and Jesus wasn't real. They're being taught every other Western religion and encouraged to practice in their worship services. You can look across the schools in the nation and people are, are they're learning about Buddhism and Hinduism. They're learning about Allah and the Quran. But you mentioned Christianity and everything breaks loose and they want to kick you out of school and they want to sue you and they want to say they're offended. Where is our voice gone, church? Where is our voice? We need to put our children first, especially the dads. We need warrior dads to step up. We need warrior fathers to step up and be part of the responsibility that you help create. It's not the mom's job to rear a man to be a man. It's the dad's job. And sadly, across the nation, the fathers are failing in this area. The divorce rate in, in this country is higher among Christians than it is secular world. Imagine that. And we're supposed to be the example. 
for the body. We're supposed to be the example of what it means to love Christ and to serve one another and to persevere and to stick things through. And we're the leading statistic in divorce rate. We need warrior mothers to fight hard for your children. God put in you something special, the ability to nurture and soothe and love. When it comes to me, I tell Matthew, quit crying. Suck it up. You're good. And Emily, she'll baby Matthew. She'll pamper him on his butt. She'll give him kisses and smooches. And that's her job. Exactly. That's her job. But daddy doesn't do that. Tighten up. Boys don't cry. You don't have to cry. It's just a bleeding out of your nose. Quit crying. <laughs> but I will say that my son is a daddy's boy. He loves his daddy. And when he comes and gets in bed with us every night at 2 o'clock in the morning, he lays by me. I just want that to be known. I just want that to be This is the one cause that we'll, we will need a warrior to fight for. A warrior without a cause to fight for will find the wrong things to fight against. Have you ever fought against the wrong things in your life? Have you ever thought you, you knew everything there was to know about the Bible and here you are telling everybody how to live their life and really you don't even know what it means? I used to do that. When I first got saved, I thought I was God's gift to telling people how to live. Yeah, and I would tell people, well, you're doing this. The Bible says you're a sinner and this and that, and it didn't go over too well. <laughs> so I had to learn the hard way to be humble, to love, to let God expose the sin and it's not my job. Some things we fight against is we fight against our spouse. We fight against our wives, our husbands. And everything that goes wrong at work, everything that goes wrong in our life, we come home and guess who gets dumped on? The people that you love the most. You dump on your wife because you had a bad day at work or, or you're driving a ratty old truck and she's driving a new car and you want the new car but you don't want her to drive the ratty truck so you take it out on her. Not that I've ever experienced that. <laughs> I love my wife. We fight against about our finances. Me and my wife have always been polar opposites of what our money should go to. She is a saver. She pinches pennies. She will call HLMP and tell them, you overcharged me nine cents. Can you put it on my next bill? And I'm like, charge it to the game. Can I go to the mall? I need new shoes. And I want to spend. She wants to save. So that is, in our marriage, that's always been our biggest fight. We're fighting against the wrong things. Instead of coming together and learning how to fight together and come up with a median plan, we always fight against each other. And we fight against housework. We fight against bills. We fight against the authority that's in our life. Our pastor tells us something. You're going through something. And you go and you tell your pastor, I'm doing blah, blah, blah. And I need help with such and that, this and that, and blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, he gives you advice, and guess what we do? We run out and do the exact opposite. We fight against the authority that God has put into our life. God anoints the pastors for a reason and gives them wisdom and gives them insight. And there's a reason we go to our leaders for help, not because they know it all, but because they've been through some things. They've lived some life. We fight against our boss. We fight against our government. Right now in our country, has never been more divided. Everybody's hollering about peace, 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 unity, 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 and it's, it's the exact opposite. And I want to tell you something. I love everybody. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. Who do you think Jesus is? Jesus is a Christian. Jesus loves the Democrats, and he loves the Republicans. And we need to stop fighting against that. 
we need to stop fighting against each other. I'm not telling you not to vote your conscience. I'm not even trying to talk about politics. I'm just saying, if we, you're never going to be united. We're never going to rise up with one warrior spirit in this country as long as we're fighting against each other. We fight against titles. Everybody wants a, wants a title, but few are willing to do what it takes to earn that title. We all want the benefits of being in charge. We all want the excitement of being the boss, but when it comes to put in the work, nobody wants to do the work. Or we just expect what our parents worked for 30 years to get, we expect to have handed to us. And we're not ready for that. We're not ready. We fight against godly counsel. We get counsel, and we run out and do the exact opposite. Now look, Saul of Tarsus, before he became a Christian, he fought against Christianity. And we're in men's group this morning. Dwayne brought out a good point. He was zealous. He was very zealous for the cause. He thought he was really doing God a favor by going out and killing and putting into prison all these people who were talking about Jesus Christ. And sometimes God will choose the most zealous people to do his most crazy work. And that's why he chose the Apostle Paul, because he was so zealous in what he did. The Apostle Paul, he was born with the heart of a warrior, but he used it for the wrong reason, although he didn't understand it at the time. That's why I mentioned in the beginning that sometimes you have to be blinded before you can see the true light. But you remember, once Paul made his conversion, he was sold out. He kept the same warrior spirit. A lot of times when we we have this warrior spirit where we're out in the world, we're out in the nightclubs, we're out partying hardcore all week, all week, and then we get converted to being a Christian and we lose that fighting spirit. I mean, we fought hard for the devil. Can't we fight hard for Jesus? I did. I was the poster child for fighting for the enemy. Everything that was bad and and against the government, I was there. Many of y'all know that. (laughs) But now I'm trying to Fight hard for Jesus, because when he gets a hold of your life, and he changes you, and the same warrior spirit that I had as a youngster, there was one time I ran away, and I was out hiding in the woods, and my Uncle Bobby come out there, my mama called him, and said, hey, Timmy done ran away again, can you go get him? And Uncle Bobby said, okay. She said, where's he at? Oh, he's in the fort out there in the woods behind the trailer park. So (laughs) Uncle Bobby pulls up. He comes out there to this fort. It was an old chicken coop that some farmer had built, and I wasn't coming back, and he grabbed a hold of me, and he took me up, and we got to the fence, and he said, Timmy, you can go over the fence, or you can go through the fence, but you're coming with me. And I said, let me go, Uncle Bobby, and I'll climb through, and he said, no, (laughs) and he wouldn't because he knew that warrior spirit within me was going to take off, and he couldn't catch me, (laughs) and that that was just a personal story because my uncle's here. I love my uncle. But we all have warrior spirits, and sometimes we fight for the wrong reasons, just like the Apostle Paul. But we have all the right intentions in the world, but again, we fight for the wrong reasons. And that's why it's important to have a relationship with God on your level. You can't have a relationship with God on somebody else's level because the talents and gifts that he's given to you, he didn't give to somebody else. And if I'm trying to live my life and the gifts that God gave Bob, I'm going to fail because God didn't call me to do what he called Bob to do. God didn't call Daryl to do what he called me to do. We all have a, a war. It's, although it's the same warrior that we're fighting for and the same warrior spirit in us, there's different parts of that spirit that God gives to each one of us. 
so we don't waste our lives fighting for the wrong reasons, and we all too often, which all too often will lead to destruction. I mean, how many times in your life have you fought for all the wrong things and ended up in a bad place? The next thing you know, you're looking up saying, well, how did I get here, Lord? How did I get here? What happened? I started off good. I was running the race hard, but then I got twisted off. I got down the wrong trail that I didn't need to be down. There's two ways that you might have to fight, okay, as warriors. There's two ways you might have to fight. Number one, sometimes you might have to throw a punch. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and punch nobody in the head. I'm not advocating for violence. I'm not even saying that that's a metaphorical phrase that I'm saying is, and I'm obviously not talking about punching anybody, but we have been conditioned that we have to wait until Satan attacks us till the enemy attacks us before we can fight back. But I want to say, church, that I stand here and I disagree with that 100%, that we don't have to wait to be attacked in our marriage, that we can get on our knees before God for our marriage. We can take the fight to him before he brings it to us. That's why it's important that we stay studied up, that we stay prayed up. Because if you have it in you when you don't need it, then when you do need it, it's there. But if you don't have it in you and you do need it, then you're scrambling. Don't wait until your marriage is is broken to start praying. Get on your knees now and pray over your marriage. Pray with the warrior spirit. Bind up everything that's coming against your marriage. Cast it out by the wayside. Use the authority that God has given you in, in the Bible. Get on your knees now. Pray over your marriage before bad things happen. Because I promise you, things are going to happen. Satan is coming for it. I promise. His sole purpose of being here on this earth is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your time. He wants to steal your love. He wants to steal your joy, your marriages. He wants to steal your children. Everything that's good and holy and perfect that God gave, the enemy's coming to take. And what are we doing as men and women, as Christians? Are we fighting against that? With our warrior spirit, are we just letting them take a little bit at a time? Don't wait for your kids to become a prodigal poster child to start praying. Get on your knees now and pray over your children. Satan is coming for them too, I promise you. Don't wait until you're broke, busted, and disgusted to start praying for your finances. Get on your knees. Ask God to bless you. Our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Why do we walk around playing with goats and sheep? When we get to heaven, we're going to walk on streets of gold. Can you imagine that? You have not because you ask not. Don't wait until you're broke, busted, and disgusted to start praying over your finances. Satan is coming for it too, I promise. When we bring the fight to him, we don't wait for the fight to come to us. David took the fight to Goliath, and guess what happened? He won. As a matter of fact, when David went to Goliath, he ran with a purpose. He ran with a, a reason that his sole purpose when he ran towards Goliath was to kill this enemy, the most powerful in, enemy of the Philistine army. And he had that same warrior spirit, even as a young boy, when he ran towards Goliath with that sling, sling and it's with one rock, he had that warrior spirit because he knew that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And he ran with the purpose to kill him. See, our God is the high tower. He is the great I am. He is the first and the last, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the God who goes before us. He is my sword. He is my shield. He is my buckler. He is my peace. He is the God who was and is and always will be, the Almighty. So what are we afraid of? We have a spirit of a warrior. 
Why do we walk around like slaves? There are times when you will have to draw your sword. You don't have to be a, sit here and keep getting attacked. There's times you will have to draw your sword. It is not a physical sword, but in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And I say this, most of you that have heard any of my sermons, I say this quite often because it's so powerful to me, is the more you know about God's Word, the less you know about God's Word, the smaller your sword is. And when you got a small sword, you got to get close to the enemy to fight. But the more you know about God's word, the bigger your sword is, and the further you can be away when you fight the enemy, so the damage to yourself is less. You got to know the word. You got to put it in you. You got to study it. You got to pray it. If you want to be a warrior for God, you got to do the things that our warrior God said to do, which is study, pray, love, help, serve. Amen. Danny, do something. There are times when you have to draw your sword. In Ephesians 6, it says it's the word of God. Your sword is the word of God. God's word is the sword. Amen? It's the first line of defense. Jesus was tempted. When Jesus was tempted, when, when the enemy took him up, Satan took him up on a high mountain, and Jesus, he tempted Jesus three times. And what did Jesus say? Three times he quoted the word of God. Not under his power, not under his authority, but under the authority and power of the word of God. And that's how we become warriors. The grass may wither and the flowers may fade, but the word of the Lord will endure forever. It will endure forever. Every jot, every tittle, every comma, every period, every letter, every line, every word, every page, there's not one word of deception in this book. The Bible's been tried and it's withstood the flames of the trial. It has been mocked for centuries, and it silenced its critics. It's been debated in classrooms. It's been diluted in the pulpits and misused by men. But for all the abuse that the Word of God has taken, it has endured. Amen. It is sharper still than any two-edged sword. It is still the life that gives power to men. It is still able to overcome all things. So if the Bible says you're a warrior... If the Bible says your God is a warrior, then stand up and fight. If it says God goes before you, quit looking behind you. If it says God is more than a conqueror, then go and conquer. You can't be an overcomer if you don't ever overcome anything. Sometimes you have to, um, as being a warrior, sometimes you have to turn the other cheek. It was the hardest things I ever had to learn was turn the other cheek. Because growing up in my life, I fought, had to fight for everything I wanted. And when somebody came against me, it was a sign of respect, disrespect, and I had to do what the only respectful thing was, was to bust them up. And that's what we would do. So when you grow up with that mentality, and then you come in the church house, and somebody hurts you or offends you, your first reaction is to revile against them. But Jesus says what? To turn the other cheek. So if somebody says something about you, true or not, you got to turn the other cheek. you got to forgive them. And being a warrior, learning how to be a warrior, you have to turn the other cheek. You can't fight under your own flesh and blood because you will fail every single time. And I know it's hard because we want to fight. We want to make right the wrongs that has been done to us and our family. We want to be vindicated. We want vengeance. But guess what? Vengeance ain't ours. That's not the Christian way. God said that vengeance is his. He will repay. And as a warrior, we have to learn to fight with humility. 
If you want to be first, you got to be last. If you want to be a true warrior for Christ, you got to be humble. You got to be willing to allow people that are under you to come and use your shoulders as a stepladder to get above you. You got to humble yourself. It doesn't matter who's right, it doesn't matter who's wrong. You got to humble yourself. Sometimes you even have to repent and ask God to forgive you for these unwarrior like attitudes. And you have to, even if you didn't do anything wrong. And another thing that we have to do is we have to own our sin. When I first became a Christian and somebody called me out on my sin, I would say, well, well, go look at Daryl. I mean, look at what Daryl's doing. You know, not that Daryl's ever, I didn't even know Daryl then, but just as an example, we want to always point our finger to what everybody else is doing rather than looking at our own sin. Own your sin, guys. Repent from it. David said in Psalms, search me, O Lord, and see if there be any wicked way in me. And the reason he said that so he can bring it out and get it out of him. Because everything that is in you that is not pure and holy affects you in your walk, in your warrior spirit that God has given you. Own your sin. Quit blaming others. Quit blaming circumstances as to why you keep sinning. I had every excuse in the world that I could have blamed my circumstances on my life growing up. But I choose not to. I choose to take what happened that was outside of my control, most of it, and use it for the good. And one of my greatest scriptures that I've been telling everybody that I come into contact with, and I'm going to say it every week until you understand it, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus and called according to their purpose. And we were talking about it this morning. And Danny was saying, you can't talk to people who's been to prison if you ain't never been to prison. You can't go out there and talk to people who are homeless if you never got to get out there or been homeless or got up close enough to see their yellow in their eyes or see the urine-stained clothes or see the missing limbs. You can't talk about stuff that you don't understand. If you ain't never been married, don't come and give me marriage advice. I won't take it. And that's the part of that warrior spirit that God has given each one of us is that we all have a story. We all have a testimony that we have something to give. So get up. Share your story. Share your life. Apologize when you do wrong. You'll be surprised how far that will go. If you just come up and say, you know, Danny, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to offend you. I was excited. You know, I get mouthy when I get excited. And I say things, <laughs> y'all know, y'all have had a lot of grace with me, and I just, I just get real mouthy, and I get excited, and when it sounds like I'm yelling, I'm just talking loud, because I don't know, maybe I'm hard of hearing. But anyways, anyways, praise God. <laughs> praise God for his mercy, praise God for his grace, amen. What I, what I want you to really take away this morning is that we all have something that God has put in us to be strong, to be courageous. And just because you're going through hell, don't stop. Just keep going. Just keep going. Because when you stop is when you get burned. Keep your focus on Jesus Christ. And remember, you're not the only one that's going through bad things. And if you don't tell anybody what you're going through, we don't know how to pray. So don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed to say you're struggling with something don't be ashamed to say you're struggling with alcohol. Don't be ashamed to say you, you've been, you know, struggling with the sin. We'll pray with you. We'll love you. And the purpose of today's message is to set the stage for what Samson is going to be doing for the next four weeks. So make sure you come back 
And here the rest of the story, as Steve Harvey used to say, and that's the rest of the story. I want you all to come back and listen to the rest of it because these are going to be the, some of the greatest examples, and you're going to get to know more about my life as if you don't know enough. So before we leave out of here today, I want you to just bow your head, and I want you to look deep inside of your heart and say, what has God put into me? The passion that he gave me to fight. The passion that he gave me to fight for. What cause did he put in my heart from an early age to be a fighter? I knew when I was young that God gave me a gift to lead people. Because everywhere I went, people followed me. They all wanted to be around me. But I used it for the wrong reasons. I used it for the wrong purposes. And I vowed to, to spend every breath, every day of the rest of my life leading people to Christ and the cross. Thank you, Father, for giving me a heart of a warrior. Show me how I can remove the barriers that kept me from being strong, Father, that kept me from being courageous and fully yours. Help me, Lord, to get past my fears and insecurities. Lord, there are times I fight the wrong battles. I say things I shouldn't say, Father. And we get caught up in this life, in this world, and we fight for the wrong things. Lord, there are times I fight the wrong battles. I also, I know that I sometimes get tired of keeping up with all the battles that I'm fighting, Father. If it ain't one thing, it's another. If it ain't my wife being sick, it's my grandma. If it ain't my grandma, it's my kids. If it ain't my kids, the air conditioner's broke. If it ain't the air conditioner, Lord, I'm just tired of fighting sometimes. And I just want to hear your voice. I just want your peace that surpasses all understanding. We get tired of working so hard and not seeing any results, Father. But I know that you're telling us to keep pushing forward to the goal towards the prize of the high calling, to not give in, to not quit, Father. But we know with your help and with your power, you will be there. Father, I know I can, I know I can fight and win, Lord, even if it takes the rest of my life. Lord, don't ever let me give up. Father, don't ever let me quit. I am your warrior, Jesus. Y'all repeat it after me. I am your warrior, Jesus. I will fight the good fight like a warrior. The warrior of God. When you need somebody, Father, when you need somebody in the fourth quarter, in the last two minutes of the game, that will stand up and fight for your kingdom, to fight for your righteousness, to go the extra mile, to go the distance, somebody that won't quit, Lord, I pray that you look at me and look at our church and call upon us, Father, because we all have hearts of a warrior. And I pray that we'll answer the call and say we are here, Father, to serve, to love, and to worship you and to edify the body to lift one another up. Maybe you haven't been the warrior that you know God has called you to be. Maybe you haven't let, maybe you've let other people fight your battles for you. Maybe you've just never engaged in any kind of fight at all that God has given you, and you've never even brought to the surface the talents and gifts that God has given you. If you're going to be a warrior for God, you must first be a child of God. Are you a child of God today? Are you a child of God? Have you been born again into, into the kingdom of God, into the family of warriors? Maybe you don't know that answer. 
Maybe you don't know, but I got great news for you today, church. I got great news for you today. You can know for certain where you'll spend eternity with a simple prayer. You can't earn it. You can't lose it. But guess what? You cannot get there without it. So with nobody looking around, with all eyes bowed down, all, every eye closed, if you're ready to ask Jesus to be your Savior, will you raise your hand? Will you raise your hand? Amen. Amen. Tomorrow is not promised, church. Your next breath is not promised. If you raised your hand, repeat after me. Can we pray this together, church? As a body, can we all pray this together? Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe you died in my place and rose from the grave so I can live in your presence forever. Jesus, come into my life. Take control of my life. Forgive my sins and save me. Thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' name, can we stand and be dismissed? Hey, this is Pastor Paul Golden. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe, rate it, and review. Also, you can help us to reach others by investing today at lightchristiancenter.com slash give. Thank you for joining us on LCC's podcast. God bless you and have a great day.